All right, and we are live. Seth, how we doing? I am good. We're in the home studio. Home studio. Here, recording in our mighty studio that is definitely not your closet. Based out of Washington, D.C. Yeah, the acoustics in here, honestly, it's Ben did some great work setting this up. The sound handling. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited to do this live. There's a lot of uh, potential in this room, I think. A lot yeah, of the sound paneling room. would be a good idea. The sound paneling would be good, but we have a big day today because we just, we just spent nine straight months talking about the biggest new technology, and now we're about to spend the next nine months talking about the next one. Yeah. AI is out. We are <laughs> back in. We are all about the Vision Pro today. We're going to be debriefing Apple's latest keynote. We've been uh, waiting for that for a long time. We've been waiting for this. We've been clamoring for this ourselves. We are both, I think, very bullish leaving it, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely get to the headset. Do you want to start with it, or do you want to talk about other impressions from the event before we dive into the headset? Let's just go into the headset. Is, we're, I mean, we're is, just there, anything, is we're, there anything else that people no, really cared about? And they absolutely not. Event? People want the entree first. They're, they don't want to have the appetizer. No one's having a little salad before we get to the steak. We're, we're going straight for it. Yeah, there were some cool things that they did, but it was mostly quality of life updates, I feel like, in general. Yeah. And they were nice, but I feel like it was the headset. Even yeah. just watching the, the event, I was like, okay, we're an hour and 30 minutes into this event. When is this, yeah. I thought this was happening right away. We were texting each other. We were like, okay, they're running out of time, right? Like, they have only have so much time to talk about this, but no, they, it was the last. No, it, it makes sense that they did it at the end. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you, what was your impression going in? What did you think you were gonna, was going to be your takeaway, and how did that map to reality? That's a good question. I actually think it, it pretty much met my expectations for what I expected. I expected it to be essentially like the quest, which I have in my closet here, which I haven't Collecting used. dust in the uh, studio. So, yeah. Which maybe I'll try to get, pull it out at some point just to like, now that Apple has theirs and just kind of see how it is. But yeah, I, I feel like I expected it to be like that, but just a lot better. I was hoping that they would solve the issues that I've experienced with, with the Quest at least, which is A, the, gra- the resolution just is not 4K. It's not mm-hmm. 1080p, not 4K, which prevents you from doing different productivity tasks on it two is that the it can just feel like a little bit you i don't really personally get motion sickness from it but i don't know more so like you just feel like it feels weird when you're in it for too long i don't know if it feels like oh this is not something i should be in for for so long Mm -hmm. i think that what, what what apple did with the ar features where you turn the knob and you're you know more able to see the outside world versus inside world i think that could be really interesting it's tbd of like how well that works to solve that problem yeah and then three is the weight the the weight of the the quest is is pretty heavy and it's just not super comfortable to wear for a super long time and i don't actually know if the apple one is actually lighter or not i know it's made out of really high quality materials which aren't super light so i'm I'm curious how, how that is but I think yeah. in terms of, like, like and, like, the speed, and, like, it works really well. The eye tracking was really, really cool. So, like, overall, I feel like it generally met my expectations of, of what I was hoping Apple would, would come. Like, I kind of expected they're not going to release a product without having it be 4K and having it be really easy to use. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you? Yeah, I mean, we were pretty similar. We were talking for a while about this because it's been rumored for months. People have been talking about this for a while, knowing that this day was going to come. And there's like a, you know, articles coming out about how they showed it to an internal team and people weren't really that impressed. So then that makes you think, oh, are they rushing this out? Then there's the other side of this, which is just that Apple doesn't miss on hardware. Like they only release hardware 
when they know that they've really improved the experience. And this is similar to what they've done in the past, where like the iPod was not the first MP3 player. It was right. the simplest to use and the best user interface. The iPhone was not the first smartphone. It was by far the best, and they innovated in a few different ways, like all of their multi-touch and the keyboard that they have that was not just a physical keyboard. It was ex 10 times better. Yeah. There are so many, every time they come out with a product, they usually wait out the market, see what people do, see what people like, and then improve on it. And so you just, you had to think that it was going to be the same. Yeah. But there was still that thought in the back of your mind that what if this is the time that they miss? What if this is right. Tim Cook operating without Steve Jobs? It's the first product that he's made where it's not, there's no Steve that had any influence on this. Like Steve never, I don't think, conceived of this, at least while he was alive. I wonder, yeah. I, wa I do wonder, but, so, I don't know. There was like a little bit of skepticism. And then as soon as they announced it and they actually showed it off, it feels like, no, they absolutely nailed it. Like, it, yeah. it, it feels to me, it just seems like it's uh, perfect. So, yeah, I mean, uh, my main takeaway is I want to buy one. Like, I wasn't sure whether or not I needed it, whether I wanted it. Undoubtedly, I'm going to buy one. So, you're coming out, I think, more, even more bullish than I am. I am excited. I think yeah. it's very good. I think this will actually make for a better discussion of, okay, what are some things that I'm more concerned about or have questions about? I'm not as... And, and I think part of this might be me being biased because I own the Quest. And I'm yeah. like, I've tried this. Like, I know the Apple is going to be a lot better. But, like, I've tried it. Like, like I, I, you know, don't... I haven't been going back to it, right? So... To be fair, the Quest is like multi-year-old technology. It was $300. The Apple is going to come out now, and it's $3,500. So there's a massive difference in terms of the the quality of the technology or like the advanced minute of the technology. So maybe that's part of it, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess here's what's selling me personally. I think one is just like a general love of Apple. Like one of my personal... You rich, do love Apple. Yeah, like one of my rich life things is I don't spend that much money on myself outside of like a few key things and one of those is apple products like i love having the latest apple product i think it's fun just as pete like the two of us are just obsessed with technology just to have the latest gadget seems to me like a yeah. cool investment so that's one is i'm naturally biased to like this product because i love apple two is i think it, it like actually does fill two key product roles for me the first is a replacement of a monitor so as like a work device to be able to have my laptop and then have as many monitors as i want to be able to code in or do whatever in is actually an improvement over having a 27 inch monitor on my desk. And I actually don't even own a monitor right now. So the fact that it's still in Miami. So like the fact that I actually could have a monitor and a really good one is a huge savings to me. And then you could have one for a lot less than $3,500. Totally. <laughs> you know, could. But then I'm like, it, it does fit other parts of my life too, where I think the other thing it does replace is my iPad. And when the iPad came out, and I, I wish we recorded this yesterday, also because Ben Thompson talked about a lot of the stuff, but we were talking about this yesterday when we debriefed live. Five minutes after the presentation. Five minutes after. So we... It, we should have two, done our Twitter spaces. We should have done that it. actually, That yeah. actually would have been pretty cool. But we... There were two things that he said that I actually totally agree with and that we were discussing yesterday. And I'll talk about the second of which now, which is I think that this product is going to go after the current Mac market and the current iPad market. And I see actually the iPad market being the first one that's going to go away, where instead of having this device where the sole purpose of it is really like watching TV or scrolling on Twitter while you're at home. Instead, I think that this could be the ultimate, like, I don't have to hold anything. I can just kind of sit and put on this device and just browse and like consume content in my home. I think that alone is already a killer thing where I was going to go spend another thousand dollars on an iPad 
I don't see any need for an iPad anymore if I have this thing. Because why would I use it? I can instead just put the goggles on and sit at home. And I think eventually it will get to the point where instead of needing this to pair with my Mac so I can do work and have it, like, connect to my VS Code and allow me to do everything from that, I think instead the processing power of it will get sufficiently good that I'll only need the headset. And maybe I'll want the MacBook as an accessory where, like, if I'm on the go or I really just want to be able to do one thing and don't really care about having all the monitors and everything and don't want to look like an idiot with all with this entire thing on my face, and then maybe I'll have it. But eventually I could totally see it getting to the point where I don't need a MacBook, I don't need a desktop. I'm just using this thing instead. I think it's very possible. That's very possible that, that, that that's what, what happens. And I was thinking about, like, what are the products or almost, like, jobs to be done that the Vision Pro is is potentially going to solve, right? So if you think about there's, like, entertainment, there's work. I guess cost is kind of, if you have, like, a chart, might be something mm-hmm. there as well. But entertainment is, like, the the phone isn't going anywhere because the phone the is, not is, yeah. is still going to be there. That's a, a separate device. If anything, I think the phone pairs well with the Vision Pro because the phone is going to become more and more powerful as well. So, like, the phone might be something where you could connect to the Vision Pro and it could get even more powerful or something like that. But in terms of yeah, entertainment, I think that is an area where it could work really well. The one thing to keep in mind is it is only for like personal entertainment. So, I mean, the iPad is as well, pretty much. You could you can watch an iPad with someone else, but this is definitely only watching by yourself. So, you mean um, you and Sophie aren't going to get joint headsets you're not gonna get two pairs yeah maybe that's the future yeah yeah i mean the future is it's got to be that there's going to be a non-pro version of this right like there's going to definitely be a totally but like five hundred dollar version i don't think people want to like watch a movie on the couch together both wearing vision pros yeah Uh, for sure it doesn't really make sense but i um, think that's the point of a tv though versus an ipad right exactly yeah and then the computer right where i agree i think that it's definitely possible that it's the laptop that's really going to get replaced by this. And this is going to be a productivity tool. Mm-hmm. At this point, I wonder if Apple doesn't even 100% know which of those categories it's yeah. going to really fall into. Because part of it is, like, they've created the technology, but a lot of the applications are what developers are going to build on top of it. And they don't know exactly how people are going to use it once it gets out there. So yeah. I think that's part of it, too. Or I, I wonder if Apple even totally knows which category it's going to go into. Is it really going to end up killing MacBooks or, or not? On your point of, of a monitor, I am a little bit skeptical just because, like, you don't really need more than a 27-inch than a monitor and a MacBook. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you, there's not, like, it doesn't really help that there's a monitor off to the side of, like, something else, right? Like, you're you're focused on this amount. So, I do agree. I think it's cool that you can have the biggest, as big a screen as possible. I think it's still to be seen, like, how comfortable it is to wear that for eight hours a day, right? So there's a lot of question marks, I think, around around it until until people can actually use it and, and use it for more than 30 minutes of the demo that people have, have yeah. used it for. I think it's a good point to say it's, like, not clear how comfortable it's going to be to wear for an entire workday. Yeah. I And it's also, I think, unclear how comfortable people are going to feel wearing this at a coffee shop, where that's, like, a clear use That's case. not going to happen anytime soon, I don't think. Probably not anytime soon, but that would be the clear, like, benefit over a monitor, right? Is It's not something that you just leave on your desk no, or that's annoying I, to carry around with you. It's instead something that's much more portable that you might actually take with you. And that would seem to me to be the benefit, is if you're sitting at a desk all day and it happens to be comfortable, 
or if people the stigma of like holy shit do you see this guy with the vision pro on his face at La Cologne, like, is... Well, what's the point of going to a coffee shop if you're going to go into VR anyway, you know? But you're not... I mean, this is... I mean, this is the other point that Ben Thompson made that we talked about yesterday, five minutes after, is that there's no longer a distinction, really, between VR and AR. Like, there are more immersive ways of being in this world, but you could totally be at La Cologne, at the coffee shop, and have all these people around you, and it just so happens that you have all these monitors overlaying. Right, you have the monitors overlaying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely, it's possible. And and that, maybe that's what the future is going to be, especially when it's a smaller form factor. Than yeah. That. Yeah. Like, if you made a bet with me that if you took the no and I took the yes on, will you wear, will you, Seth Kramer, wear your Vision Pro to a coffee shop in 2024? I will take the yes on that. And I think you would take the no. In and, 2024? Yeah. If you get one and you have it for the entire year, would, no, would, definitely not. Do you wear think zero percent chance that you would bring it to a coffee shop and wear it? Not, I mean, yeah, pretty, pretty low. I think yeah. I would take the yes on that. For yourself or for me? On you, and I think I would take the yes on myself too. That's yeah. how confident I am. Actually, <laughs> I, I don't think it would be crazy for you to do it. I don't think I would do it. I don't even know for sure that I'm getting it as much as you are. Yeah, um, okay, but... that's fair. But you also. I, I guess this is, like, four steps beyond even what was going on with the AirPods. Like, remember how weird it was to think about wearing your AirPods all the time? It was, like, weird yeah. thinking about having these stems coming out of your ears. This is obviously a much, like, bigger thing. You're, like, wearing the whole thing. It wraps on your face. You've got a battery pack sticking out of your <laughs> pocket. Like, this is intense. But I think it will be pretty normalized that people will just wear these things, especially as the price point comes down. And there's a non-pro version of this. And people can use it as a, like, mainstream external monitor that they can just bring to a coffee shop and wear. I don't think it'll be crazy. Yeah, maybe, I'm, I'm, less, I'm less bullish on that. I don't know. I think it's going to be more of a home thing. I think it's going to be used in the home. I think even uh, as a home device, though, like, I could imagine myself using it for a few hours a day and getting a ton of value out of it when I do. Just purely for the monitors. Like, having that be it. And then one other thing I've been thinking about is and this is also, yeah. I, like, I wish we did this yesterday because there are so many comments that are now no longer unique. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's a ton of services or revenue that Apple is going to generate from services on top of this, either through, like, developers generating this experience or Apple generating the experience. Like, they, I think a lot of, like, if I could watch the Washington Capitals and basically kind of feel like I'm at the stadium, I would spend hundreds of dollars, low thousands of dollars a year just right. for the experience of getting to be at the stadium and, and but like take off the goggles whenever I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and then like if my brother had it, then like we could go to a game together and kind of feel like we're sitting next to each other. I think those types of immersive experiences that people genuinely would pay for are going to be really cool and will drive a ton of hype around this product and drive a ton more revenue for Apple beyond just the $3,500 price that you're paying for the device itself. Yeah. Yes. I think uh, I, I agree with that. I think that there's a huge opportunity also just in terms of like, if you wanted to start a successful business, just build, be, become a developer for the vision pro and like be one of the you know first apps that have a real use case on it. And I think that you're going to be one of the first developers in this new ecosystem. Right. So yeah. there's definitely a huge opportunity there. I agree. Apple's going to make more revenue on that. Right. Cause they're going to take a cut of everything that yeah. is bought in the platform. Yeah, I have two follow-up comments there yeah. on the on the developer point. I think one really smart. I, I was kind of wondering like, when is this? You know, when they were talking about it, when is the device actually going to come out? And when I heard that it was coming out early 2024, there was an initial shock of like, wait, that's so far away. 
why did they announce this now if it's coming out in early 2024? And I think actually now that I've been reflecting on it, it's so smart. Like now they're giving so much lead time for developers to spend time building apps that are native to the Vision Pro. Yeah. That when it launches, it's going to be much more capable than if they just sold it today and said, hey, it's available. You can go get it. Right. It was a really smart move. Yeah, I agree. And now I'm going to hit you with a counterintuitive thought. Okay. You know who I think is going to be really well positioned to be a developer for the Apple Vision Pro? Meta. Meta. Are they going to do it, though? I think that there's no way. I think Zuck is too smart to be sitting in his office right now thinking anything other than, wow, that was a really breakthrough, like an amazing device. And just like we're on the iPhone and they're a great partner for us there, I think he has to be thinking we could also capture that opportunity. And a lot of these, like, social experiences, immersive experiences, there's no reason that we shouldn't be coming out on day one with the Facebook app on Vision Pro. They'll definitely like, have that, but whatever, yeah. Maybe, sorry, not Facebook app. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, experiences built by Meta. Well, internally. also, like, Meta's whole thing is they're trying to create social experiences in VR, right? Yeah, like, That's his whole totally. thing. So it, 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 it definitely, like, it makes, it's also, I imagine, relatively easy for them to take their apps and just put them onto, they're going to pro- put them onto the uh, yeah. Vision Pro, but they'll just be better graphics or whatever. Yeah. Totally. I don't think that Zuck is so stubborn. And so stupid that he's looking at this and not saying, or he's saying, like, we need to continue doubling down on Meta, Quest, like, that has to be the device that we build for. I don't think he cares. I think he's realizing that there's a humongous opportunity in VR generally. And maybe this is the push he needs to say, you know what, like, the Meta Quest is one device that we're building for. It's a democratized device, like, anyone can afford it. But we also need to be playing on the Vision Pro, too. And we can't not have a strategy there. I think he knows that. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. he's smart enough to actually take advantage of that. So, I'm actually bullish on Meta as a result of this because I think that they are mm. out of a lot of the bigger companies. Maybe them or Snap. Like they're, they're some of the bigger companies that are well positioned to take advantage and be on Vision Pro in a meaningful way from day one. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's definitely true. The question is like, yeah, I think that's true, and it it, it doesn't it definitely doesn't compete with the Quest. Like the Quest is just no, a completely different yeah. price point. It's possible that, but they do have a Quest. Pro, right? Do they have a higher end version? There's a Quest Pro, uh, but it's. I think that a lot of the features on the Quest Three, which is also going to be a lower priced product, are going to be better. Like the resolution is supposedly better, but they haven't announced yeah. any actual yeah. features. It's premium relative to the Quest Two. Yeah, it's like bad relative to the Vision Pro. Yeah, totally. And Apple won't sell. They're, they're going to sell a lot of units, but it's not going to be meaningful in terms of numbers, but the revenue will still end up being like, oh, they sold a billion dollars worth of that, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Those, but they're def- it is limited for sure at $3,500. There's yeah. a lot of people who just won't buy it until the later versions that are like 2000 yeah. or whatever. Right. Like yeah. their estimate is that on the high end, I think they've revised us down, but they think that a million people are going to buy the pro. Yeah. Which... Would be a lot, actually, for but it, but like relative to other launches that they've had, it would be really low relative to like any other thing that they've launched. Like I think the yeah. Apple Watch sold more for the initial version, the iPad sold way more for the initial version. I think it sold like ten million or twelve million. So yeah, definitely less than they're used I, to. But a million dollar or a million units of a thirty five hundred dollar product that's pretty good. Yeah, it adds up for sure. It adds up. Yeah. My, my skepticism is still that I'm going to want to use it for multiple hours a day, the way that I use my laptop multiple like all day and that's the yeah. that's the main thing that the question mark that i haven't i mean i've tried it with the quest and like if i if that happens with with the app with the apple vision then they've got you know a breakthrough next next 
amazing, amazing product. The question is, how long will people want to use it? Are they going to want to use it just to watch a movie? Or are they going to want to work their whole day with it? And I think right. we won't know that until it's released and we can yeah, actually use it. Totally. Yeah. This is all, a lot of this stuff is TBD until we actually get our hands on it. But yeah. And I, uh, I also, I don't know, like I, from using the Quest, don't like being in it for that long. Because yeah. you don't want to be in VR all day. Like it's not yeah. really the place that you want to be. Basically. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be yeah. really interesting to see if that's true of the Vision Pro. Because it with, technically with is AI. VR. Like, sorry, even in the, the mode where you are in your It's VR, universe, yeah. But it's VR. They're like, it's video. It's, yeah. it's not you actually seeing through the device. It's them rendering a video based on what their cameras are imagining is in your environment. Right. And so it, it is this weird blend of, like, it's virtual, but it's real. And right. It's, it's, it'll be really interesting to see if we actually want to stay in it that long. But that's yeah. a total question mark until we spend you know, more than, like, zero seconds with it, which is what we currently I know. I know. I can't wait for it to be available. There's going to be, like, lines outside of Apple stores just to try it out for, like, five minutes. 100%. Yeah. 1,000%. I totally Ooh, agree. business idea. Create a store, just buy, like, 20 Vision Pros, That's and then so rent them out so people can try them out. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> related, like, investment idea, do you think that there's any benefit in buying one just to... I mean, we talked about this yesterday, but do you think there's any benefit in buying one and just boxing it, keeping it boxed, and then eventually selling it? I think that, I think there's a good chance that if you do that, then 30 years from now, it'll be worth a lot more money. I think there's yeah. a good chance. Definitely a good chance. Yeah. This might be a collector's item. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's just hard to tell because like, obviously Air, original AirPods are not going to sell for that much. That original Apple watch probably will not go for that much. Original iPad, probably not that much, but the iPhone for sure. In 30 the years, iPad, do you don't yeah. think that they will? Or iPod, yeah. In 30 uh, years, would a, would a generation one yeah, it's possible. iPad not... Or like AirPods in perfect condition, not sell for a lot. Yeah, no, it's, that it's was possible. never opened. Yeah, it's probably possible. would. Yeah, maybe not at like the iPhone just sold for like sixty five thousand dollars, like the version one. Yeah, uh, unboxed. That feels like, like that. such an obvious bet too, that that was gonna go for a lot more money. Right, but like, are you really gonna? No one has the patience to buy that and like put it away and like. You it's know. also so expensive now, where it's like, am I really gonna spend seven thousand dollars just to get the benefit of one of them? And hoping that in yeah, thirty and years, hoping that, that it's gonna be such a breakthrough device that it actually does. And now I want to talk about one more thing, which is what was out of out of the announcement. What was the i the Vision Pro not pitched to be doing? And I like beforehand, if you asked me what I thought they were going to do going in and they were going to show off, I thought productivity for sure. I thought yeah. social for sure, which they both hit. And I thought maybe there would be some health or fitness component. And they didn't touch that at all. Like, yeah. clearly, this is something you've told me before, is a big limitation of VR for fitness. It's just, it's heavy, man. Like, it's yeah. so hard to work out with that on your head. And You can't, yeah. No, you can't. And when they were showing, like, the, the initial video, just the demo of how it worked around you, I can imagine use cases like, I'm running on a treadmill, but it doesn't feel like I'm running on a treadmill because I'm actually running through the Swiss Alps. Right. And which would be amazing. Which would be really cool. It just yeah. seems like it's not good enough to be able to do that today. It seems like you really don't want to be running with this thing on your head or be like sufficiently annoying or maybe you would just kind of move around like it wouldn't actually be able to stabilize on your head mm, and that would right. be kind of annoying. But it was at least notable to me that that was not pitched at all. And it must, there must, the reason must be because they just don't think it's a good use case for it yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, like, interesting because it's related to something you were talking about, which is they might not know what the killer use case is. I, they have ideas, I'm sure. I'm sure they think it's all the things they mentioned. It's work productivity and it's social connectivity. And I, I would, like, bet that those are the most likely things, but it could be something totally different yeah. that we're not at all thinking about because we just don't know. 
But it, it sounds like they think it's absolutely not fitness, at least for now. Yeah. Work productivity, it's also interesting to think about, like, maybe this is a device, like, it's going to end up being a successful device, whether it is something that every single person has the way that they yeah. have an iPhone or most people have an iPad type of thing, or it's, like, maybe, like, most professionals who, if you travel at all for work, you want to have one so that way yeah. you can be more productive when you're working in your hotel room, things like that. Like, yeah, there could be use cases that, like, it, it's going to, I think it's going to be successful. It's just a matter of, okay, where, how successful is it going to be? I right. Guess. Yeah. Like, even alone at a million units at $3,500 each, that's three and a half billion in revenue. Like, that's already a good product. And I, I think that the bill of materials was like $1,500 per device. So 60-ish percent of that is profit. Like, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. It's, a, it's not, like, Apple standards good, but I do think that they're going to be able to grow it from there, and then when they come out with a cheaper product, which I'll hopefully be able to get to, then it will be a meaningful business for them. But $3.5 billion from an initial launch, like, that's pretty good. The other thing is good. every... Now, I don't know what kind of biases are going into this, but everyone who did get to try it, they seemed pretty oh, genuinely excited. They seem really excited. Now, to be fair, they're excited. not going to probably use it and be like, hey, this sucked, because then Apple's never going to invite them to the next event. Yeah. But, like, they don't have to post anything, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think they genuinely did like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Palmer Lucky, it, it's unclear to me still if he actually tried it out before. I think yes, probably, because he was, like, the godfather of, of VR, but he was initially super bullish, came out over the past day and basically said, like, no, I'm, I'm doubling down on it. It's fucking amazing. It's a great yeah. product. KBHD tried it, loved it. Ben Thompson tried it, loved it. John Gruber, who does Daring Firewall and Apple Blog, loved it. Like, uh, so many people but, came out and were really supportive of this thing. It's hard to imagine it's totally going to flop. But, yes, but most people, including myself, and I think everyone who, like, tries the Quest for the first time, has an amazing experience and then stops using it. Yeah. Just to play devil's advocate, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's maybe going to be the, like current issue with VR, which is that you try it once and it's amazing, and then it sits in your closet forever. Right. And is that going to happen with Apple or not? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Anything it's else you want to hit? I would say, all, it's just interesting to think also, like, it's with, with Apple, this is the right move for them to, to, to make, right? Like, mm. they need to make this. So that's an interesting point. I think that even if it doesn't work, right? Like, let's say this product doesn't actually become what everyone uses, or it's more of a niche product. They still need to do it because it's the next platform or it could be the next platform, right? And they need to be there with the product for that next platform. And if it works, that's amazing. So now they're at the forefront of this next platform, the next computing platform, which I, I do think there's a very good chance this could be the next computing platform, right? So yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. I think that's a really interesting point to make. And I want to underscore that I think Apple is one of the only companies that could actually pull that off because... I really do fundamentally believe that this is disrupting the iPad market and eventually disrupting the Mac market. And there are very few companies yeah. that are positioned to be able to cannibalize like their two of their biggest markets with the potential new launch of a product. Like there would be so much internal politicking of people who run the business line of Mac and the separate business line of iPad who would never allow that to happen. Yeah. And it would just like be complete chaos internally. But that's Apple has been very intentional about setting up their organization in a way where they can actually do this. And that is so crucial to their ability to pull this off. Yeah. And, like, I think it's such a good point that you made because not only is it probably really true for Apple that they needed to do this, or at least were really well positioned to do it, both because they have the internal capabilities, but also because there are very few other companies that are aligned internally to be able to actually work on technology that is going to disrupt two of their biggest product lines. Potentially yeah. disrupt two of their biggest product lines. Right. But and they have to do it because if they don't do it, so Meta's going to do it, right? Or potentially could do it, in theory. Yeah. Uh, not that they really would, for sure, but, like, 
Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. philosophical question because is it like they felt like they needed to do it because someone else is going to, or do they feel like they need to do it because people have tried and they failed and they know there's a better opportunity out there. Like that yeah. to me feels like the really core Steve Jobs uh, yeah. mentality of just like, you know what, that we are really best in class at making products. We are not going to, we're seeing what's out there and it's all crap. Like we don't want to be allowing people to be living their lives right. with such crucial technology that is a horrible user experience. Yeah. And they came out and they just blew everyone away. Which is amazing that they're able to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say, I wish that Tim Cook would have done a live presentation. I want to see the yeah. live presentation from Tim, Steve did you hear style. The, did you hear the rumor of... Oh, so I totally agree on live presentation. I do think you, he just doesn't do it. That's like, he doesn't want to risk it. He's not, yeah. not, That's not his strong suit, so he just doesn't do it. Probably but, not yeah. his strong suit, but did you hear or see any rumors about why he wouldn't pose oh, with it? Oh, also, he, he won't... There's no pictures of him with it, yeah. but it makes total sense, because it, then he's going to be... like it's, He's going to be a meme. He's he like... I think that's actually why... And he, they're really smart that they didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be him with, like, googly eyes well, on top of well, it. And, and I think this is, I think, a fundamental problem of VR, is that you look ridiculous wearing it. It's genuinely a real problem. For the now. Fact, but, for, but for now, it is, right? Like, the fact that, like, the fact that he's not willing to wear it for that reason, it is a, a real problem for, yeah. with VR. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. And it think, also goes into the coffee shop problem. It goes into the, no, totally, <laughs> but, it's true. But I think it's, like, too two things are probably going to make this less true going forward. I think one is the stigma going away, which hopefully will happen, or might happen. Who knows? But I think the second is just that, like, the way that technology works is it gets smaller, it gets cheaper, it gets, like, into a form factor that is less big, and so eventually we won't need... I mean, maybe you'll be able to have it in, like, what's currently a pair of glasses or a pair of contacts. Obviously, we're so far from that, but that has to be the vision of where we think it's going to go 10, 15 years from now, where it's this clunky thing to start, and then eventually it will hopefully get small enough where it doesn't have to be so ridiculous. And probably in the meantime, people will get used to it. Because when you wear it at home and you're like more used to it and everyone has it and people are wearing it out and there's like the initial Apple fanboys who are willing to look ridiculous. Because there will they, be Apple fanboys wearing it out in public for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yes. A million percent sure. Are they going to wear it walking? Maybe. But like, they might. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. So yeah, all these things. I think these are all yeah. good points. Yeah, it's um, weird to think about how just technology, like you said, it just keeps getting smaller, but it's also just getting more connected with us in a way. And like when it gets to contact lenses, it really becomes a part of you more so. Totally. And yeah, yeah it's just weird. And AI also being layered on top of it. I know we don't care about AI anymore, though, really. So no, we're done with that. AI. We're, we're out on AI. <laughs> now, speaking of just like technology in general, are you more bullish, less, less bullish, the same amount of bullish on VR as you were before yesterday's announcement i'm still a skeptic and and i'm slightly more bullish Mm. but my experience makes like until i'm able to use apple and i'm able to say this is different than meta's version of vr then i'm not willing to like sick you know go all in and say i'm extremely bullish and i think this is something everyone's going to be using yeah until i'm able to use this this version because i know it's going to be much better but i'm still skeptical because i don't know if it fundamentally solves, like, what VR is at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I've always been pretty bullish. You have been. You've been more and bullish than me. Yeah. You never owned a Quest. I, I never owned a Quest, but I also, I, I never felt like it fit a purpose in my life. Like, I, I bought into the potential vision of, this is a really good work productivity device if I can have unlimited monitors in front of me. And it's potentially a good communication device like it's better than living in miami and calling my dad and facetiming him while he's sitting on the couch and i'm sitting on the couch and we're not really immersed together 
But yeah. instead, like, if he had one and I had one, then maybe that would be better. But outside of, like, playing you in ping pong, to me, there was no social benefit in owning one. T totally. And the ping pong is really good. It's, really it's going to be really good on the Vision it's Pro. It's going to be great on the Vision Pro. Um, just imagine in high... high it is. It, it is going to be really good. I also can see myself using it more just because it because it's Apple, because of the ecosystem, because everything that I have yeah. on my phone and my laptop will also be on the Vision Pro. I think that alone could make me more likely to to want to use it a little bit more, or or be yeah. more likely to use it. So yeah. I think that's going to help them a lot. The other thing that we need to talk about is in the in the presentation, the dad wearing the goggles during the kid's birthday party. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> You're not just going to be sitting at your as your kids blowing out the candles, taking a live photo, so you can sit alone and just watch the memory later. You're not going to do this. Also, the meme was great. Of first, he was like taking the picture at the birthday party and then later like sitting alone watching the movie watching the, the memory like he's yeah. a divorced dad like yeah. because he wouldn't take off that vision so yeah yeah i yeah that was pretty bad i think yeah i think that in the future you're going to be able to take those 3d videos from your iphone though there's uh, already almost a hundred percent chance next that iPhone you're going to be able to do that yeah but they yeah. couldn't obviously talk about that in this presentation right and there's so. also the, I mean, this is now transitioning into the other announcements yesterday. Yeah. The iOS, macOS, iPadOS, watchOS updates were, like, fairly weak. They were more like, we're going to stabilize a lot of what's currently working. We're going to add some minor improvements. I think that what we're going to see in September is that when they announce a new iPhone, there are going to be a lot of features that were like, oh, they were hiding that. For like, the iPhone. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm gonna, I think that the new iPhone I'm going to get. I'm excited about sick. it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be great. But I think a lot of these things, like, this is probably the first and best example of something that's for sure going to be on the iPhone that you're then going to be able to do on the Vision Pro is take these 3D videos. The 3D videos. Yeah, it's like really, really imagine, cool. Yeah, I'd have to imagine that there's going to be another lens or like some way of doing that. But there's there's no way that they're not going to allow right. that. Yeah. Whether it's this one the next one, but it's coming up soon. That's going to be imagine. that's going to be super cool. Yeah. Yeah. What else is going to be on the new iPhone? Do you know? Some messaging enhancements. There's like a, you know, a way to like tap my phone to your phone to but that's a that's a software info. update not a new iPhone. oh you're thing, talking about right? just that the that new... was kind of cool sharing yeah. the context that yeah yeah that actually is pretty cool it was also it's... cool i thought it was kind of cool where you could personalize your screen so if you yeah. call someone else that shows up yeah it's kind of cool i like that too i but those are to me like minor updates oh yeah not the, the yeah, major yeah. which is why i think that they've saved something but better cameras it, it's all the same stuff better yeah. cameras maybe slightly different design but i think it'll be about the same and will they remove the notch not on this Probably one, not. Yeah. They do, I mean, they already have, like, the dynamic island at the top. So yeah. I think it'll probably be that. If anything, it'll be, I mean, there'll still be a dynamic island. It'll probably just be more of the same. Yeah. Is my guess. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to hit from the Apple announcements yesterday outside of VR? Outside of VR? Not really. Not really. What about you? Yeah. I mean, there were some interesting announcements. I think the one thing that still interests me and is, I'll just get into it. I think the interactive widgets are really interesting, both from like what it allows on an iPhone, an iPad, mm. a Mac, but also with where I think it like will eventually intersect with the Apple Watch. To me, the Apple Watch is a really interesting platform. I think it's going to be, it's already and is going to continue to be this amazing healthcare device. Yeah. But it's kind of this like forgotten stepchild of like design, right? It's like you all your effort goes into making web apps or making iPhone apps and yeah. making native apps. But there are very few people that are actually investing in making incredible watch experiences. It's true. And, and I think that what we're starting to see with these widgets is those are effectively the size of an Apple Watch screen. 
And so now there's, I just think, going to be more creativity and more design emphasis put on things that can go on an Apple Watch screen. Yeah. And to me, that's exciting. Like, I hope that eventually what I'm able to do on my Apple Watch is more akin to, like, oh, I can actually interact with apps in a meaningful way. Maybe there's, like, a more interesting use case or, like, way of interacting with apps that I can get from an Apple Watch because it's a smaller screen and takes yeah. advantage of the fact that it's smaller than I would get from my phone. So that's I, my hope. I do think it also... On the help side, it's it's going to continue getting better and better to the point where it's almost irresponsible to not have it, you know? Yeah. I think it'll get to that point, but I guess it's not quite there yet, but it is, it is there are a lot of really helpful health. Yeah. I mean, especially for, like, for older people, like, my grandma has one, and my dad would, like, very strongly prefer that she has one if yeah. she falls. Oh, totally, yeah. If she has, like, in some kind of, like, irregular heartbeat yeah. or anything, like, my, my dad would happily pay $300 for that to be on her wrist. Right. Yeah. So that was another one I was thinking about. I'm just looking at my list. Like the 15 inch MacBook air, cool pre- feature. That was cool actually. Yeah. Very cool. I'm not going to switch away from the MacBook pro. No, I think the only thing I can imagine at some point is going to oh. not having a Mac. Also, how much lighter is that than the, like a pound lighter? Oh, uh, I'd have to look it up exactly because yeah. it was 3.3 pounds. This might be like 4.5 pounds. I think. I'm pretty sure it's 4.5. Yeah, because this guy's hefty. Yeah. I mean, a pound does make a big difference. That would actually be pretty cool, but I agree. If I were going to get a second laptop, it would be like a 13-inch MacBook Air, I would say. Would you actually think about getting a second laptop? Not really, but if I were going to get a second laptop, I would get a really light one that I could, like, like, I don't know, for, like, short trips or something, you know? Gotcha. Okay. But so, I don't think it seems, it doesn't seem that's not necessary at all. Cause this is not that hard to carry around either. No, it's not that hard. It, like you can carry it in almost every single la- book bag. Like there's yeah. no reason that you wouldn't be able to, I don't see poundage off the top of, I think it's four and a half, but whatever. I trust you, but yeah, it's like fairly significantly heavier that even that's like 33% heavier. So that's yeah already a lot. Look at my list. Is there anything else that you want to hit from the Apple event? MacBook air, Running LLMs locally on device. Oh, yeah, that was something where they did talk about how they were running... I don't know if it was LLM specific. I think it was, right? Large yeah, language models. autocorrect. Like yeah. That. yeah, 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 and how they were improving it. So I, that kind of rolls into a lot, of what we, a lot of what we've talked about before. Yeah. Of, like, AI going on device and going... And I think with Apple, that makes a lot of sense. So makes a ton of everything sense. they talked about kind of goes more into that. I think also with AI, they they don't need to talk about it right now. You know, like yeah. Although the fact that what like the fact that they didn't update Siri, I guess they just don't need to because they've got so much else going on. But at some yeah. point, they will have to make Siri better. I feel that like. was one thing I was w- wondering about was like given that Vision Pro kind of relies on voice. Yeah. At least like partially, I was wondering if they were going to announce alongside it some Siri improvement. But they, they really did. Didn't. I think they did announce better text to better voice to text. Yeah. Um, models though but they didn't talk about siri improvements specifically yeah i mean dropping the hay is a big (laughs) improvement but we were texting during the event and i was i was guessing that they were going to announce like oh we've made these breakthrough changes to siri no we didn't hear anything about that like i doubt we're going to hear more about that in september maybe 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 as the devices get better but we'll see yeah that might honestly be part of it too is they want to run the large language models arm device and right now it's just it's it takes too long to run the models to really improve yeah. it. But Siri's not run on device. Is it not? I don't think Siri is run on device. I don't know. So, I mean, as the chips get better, maybe I'm sure it is. Do I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it is. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, cool. All right. What else do you want to hit? The one other thing I was surprised is 
I think that, like, the Intel stock went down when they announced that they were going, like, completely gone away from Intel. Yeah. But that wasn't a surprise. So why did yeah. Intel stock go down? That didn't make sense. It went down yesterday, or was this I think it went down ago? yesterday, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I wonder if that's also related to NVIDIA. I don't know if it was actually directly... Yeah, it could Apple. be. It could be. Uh, cool. Okay, I have a few other things that are non-Apple related to hit. I don't Let's know if you want to hit them too. Yeah. Okay, so the first one was, there was a really cool demo that McKay Wrigley put out for... Is this back to AI? Back to AI. But it's it's more of like a use case of AI. Let me see. Okay. So, in this tweet, you can see that he... Show you how image chat works. So... This is a free iOS shortcut that I made that you can download. Go just need an OpenAI API key. And let me show you three different ways it works. So I just added it to my home screen here. So I'm gonna go ahead and hit image chat. And it's gonna ask me if I want to use my camera, take a screenshot or select a photo. So let's do a use camera. Okay, so it's gonna bring up my camera. I've got a, got a box of cereal here. But what I'm actually gonna do is I'm gonna take a picture here of the nutrition label. As you can see, I took a picture there. We're going to use that. What this is going to do is going to use iPhone's native OCR capabilities to extract text from the image so that we can use AI to ask questions about it. How many calories are in a serving? Okay, let's send that off. So this is going to send this to the check. There are 180 to 220 calories in a serving of churros. You can see 180 to 220. So, okay, so what you can see is basically, yeah. like, he connected his camera to a large language model to be able to actually detect text from anything that a camera is capturing yes. and then ask questions of it. So it's kind of what you were looking at earlier. It's, like, maybe it's, like, taking some information. It's making it readable from in either story and somewhere. I don't know if it's an embedding or how what the technology is behind the scenes. Yeah. But basically it's, like, using your camera, capturing some data from it, and then allowing you to interact with the data that it captured. And one thing that made me think about was a nutrition tracker, where I feel like, mm. I mean, that's, he started asking nutrition questions about this from getting the nutrition label from a box of cereal. But one thing that's been really frustrating about nutrition trackers in the past is it's all manual input. It's all, let me, yeah. like, look at what I ate, dose it out, and then actually manually input it into some app. And this is the closest I've ever seen anyone get to, hey, can I just, like, take a picture of something and then have it detect for me what is the nutritional content of what i just ate closely like i don't know if it'll be able to right. get all of it because it doesn't know what brand or what, what ingredients went into them but if, it, if you're eating a cheeseburger it could at least say like okay i'm kind of guessing that this is what the ingredients were on here based on what i'm seeing and i'm going to say that this was this many calories this many grams of fat this many grams of sugar everything yeah and that's a really cool future for us to get to and i think the closest i can think of to being able to get to a point where you can track nutrition latently without a ton of user input beyond like taking a picture of something very cool yeah i agree which could be amazing like if you could be amazing. Take a picture really cool. of uh of something and that could track track it for you is really a really really cool idea yeah I agree. It, it's kind of like the train of of nutrition kind yeah. of like make okay. it as easy as possible yeah i don't want to get too dystopian but imagine you're eating the cheeseburger while you're wearing your vision pro <laughs> yeah no, I'm, I'm kind of serious like <laughs> if you're eating something it can kind of detect as you put it into your mouth and by, like, looking down, kind of assessing, like, oh, that's one French fry, and then you put it in, and it can pretty much detect what you're right, yeah. Like, I actually think that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I can yeah, see I that agree. being the case. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's, like, 
super mainstream yet because I don't think we're going to get to a where I'm going to a, you know, like I'm going out to eat with you and I'm bringing this to Bon Siam, but... Is it really easy to put on the Vision Pro <laughs> just to like write it down and take a picture? Yeah, I don't know, but it's like, it's even less hands-on. I just think it's cool. Well, I guess you can have like a camera from your iPhone just like pointing at you while you eat. Yeah, I, I could work something. Too. But like the point is basically camera capturing information, storing it in some way for nutrition purposes. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I have more, but I don't know if you. Have. What What do you have? One was more of it, the other one's really woo woo. It's on a term I'm going to call allowing, which I'm borrowing from Harrison. So I was talking to Harrison this weekend, and he was talking about how like sometimes when you're doing something creative, really one of the steps of that is allowing things to come to you. Like there's right. the process of seeking where you're like kind of you know locking yourself in a room, and then that's how you like force yourself to come up with answers. But usually what ends up happening is one of the key processes is that you're like putting yourself in a state where you're allowing the right answer to come to you. And it's something that I've perceived a lot. Like in my, even in my therapy with Nick, a lot of the time it's not like we're going to sit there and he's going to ask me a question and I'm going to like, you know, write, get out my notebook and write down until I, I like figure out what the right answer is. It's usually more like putting myself in a state where I'm relaxed and I'm just listening to what's going on inside my body. And I realize, oh yeah, that's the right answer. And it just kind of comes to me. I'm like putting myself in a state where it comes to me. And so there were two like other passages that I read. This is the Rick Rubin passage that you read? Yeah. And, and so one was directly from Rick Rubin, which I'll start with. And the passage in his book, Creative Act, which is an early carve out, is how do we pick up on a signal that can neither be heard nor defined? The answer is not to look for it, nor do we attempt to predict or analyze our way into it. Instead, we create an open space that allows it. A space so free of the normal overpacked condition of our minds that it functions as a vacuum, drawing down the ideas that the universe is making available. And so that was really this like idea of putting yourself in a state where these ideas, the answers can come to you because you're, you're clearing out all this other clutter. You're just putting yourself in a relaxed state. And all of a sudden you're, you're like a, like a magnet where all these ideas are coming to you. Right. And that resonates a lot with my conversation with Harrison, my experience with Nick. And it also, it came from, or it was also inspired by this tweet that I saw Miles Snyder put out this week that I thought was just really good where he said, if you want to be more creative, you have to ignore the, the advice of basically every productivity and optimization guru. It's amazing how many people, how many really creative people share the same experience. They don't generate ideas. They receive them as transmissions from the universe, like an antenna. Mm -hmm. Stephen Pressfield, Rick Rubin, and a bunch of others have written about this. But putting yourself in a position to receive these ideas requires the exact opposite of most productivity advice. It means long walks in the middle of the day, aimless lounging to let your mind wander, late nights, interruptions to routine, etc., the advice of the guru industrial complex will turn you into a great worker, but it won't help you generate truly innovative ideas, in my humble opinion. And it's, it's like along yeah. these same lines. I don't know if you have any reaction to that, but this is just like a thought that's been sitting with me a lot for the past five days. Yeah, I totally agree with it. I think that it is like any, think about any idea that you have that that was really great. It, it probably came from just like, you don't know where it really came from. It just comes yeah. to you. Like, I mean, it just comes from connecting things or talking to people and then you get you, the idea comes, but right. It's not going to come by just like necessarily like, like, yeah, following some specific process of first you have to write down five ideas and then you take those ideas and then you yeah, totally. uh, turn them into three more ideas that are, you know, that can help. I mean, different brainstorming yeah. can always be helpful as well, but you definitely yeah. need the just time that that is doing nothing. Yeah. Something else that comes to mind on that thought is I think that, I think that while like podcasts are, are great, 
I think that sometimes what I've noticed is if you listen to too many podcasts, then like you're not giving yourself the time yeah. to have that just like walks where you're just like coming yeah. up with those ideas. Cause you're by, by definition, when you're listening to a podcast, if you have your AirPods in all the time and that's what you're doing with all your free time, then you're getting the ideas trend as a transmission from the podcast, but you're not getting them from yourself. Yeah. So I think that's something else that just kind of comes to mind from that is that I think it can be really useful to sometimes like put away the technology and like that includes like audio and all sorts of things and, and, and yeah, being like letting things come to you as well. I love that you said that because usually every morning, As a record, gonna... but please, if you're listening to this podcast, we don't have any listeners, so we need you to keep, we need keep you to listening. keep listening. So please keep the headphones <laughs> plugged in. But every morning I'll usually wake up at like six 45 and I have a gym class at seven 45. And I've been really enjoying just going for a walk in the morning before that, like a 20 minute walk. And I think naturally I, my thought is I'm going to put AirPods in. I'll get like the first 20 minutes of acquired or whatever. And the past week I've really just been like, I'm going to take the AirPods out. I'm just going to enjoy nature try to clear my mind and it's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. So now where it's like, that's my new rituals. I'm just going to take that 20 minutes. It's just me. There's no iPad, iPhone, anything. It's just get out in nature and listen to birds chirping. And it's been great. I've loved yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it really resonates. Anything else you want to hit or carve outs? What was I going to say? Oh, if you're listening to this podcast, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. My Twitter is Seth J Kramer. Matt's is Maddie Builds. So let us know you're listening. Tweet at us. We would love that. Yeah. All right. What's your carve out? Okay. I've got two. One was Creative Rap, creative Act by Rick Rubin, which... You're I'm still in the middle, right? Still in the middle, uh-huh. but really enjoying it. It's just like, it's almost like philosophy about the creative, the art of creation. Yeah. And it's, it's really good. It's kind of hitting me at the right time. I'm really enjoying it. And the second one is a breakthrough device that you wear on top of your face, a goggle-like experience, the Manta Sleep Pro eye mask. So this is recommended. I like this idea of a very high-end eye mask, by the way. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. But so Harrison recommended this one to me because I was telling him that I have this eye mask by the same people, by Manta, but it slides off my face every night. And he's like, no, 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 you got to get the Pro. The Pro will not slide off your face. And I wore it last night, didn't slide at all. So I am nice. pretty into it. I will report back What else later. is good about it? It just, it's... 100% coverage. It's really comfortable. I do think that the not sliding off, though, is the biggest feature by far, because I've never had an eye mask that doesn't fall off my face in the middle of the night. Yeah, well, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. What do you got? So I finished Rain Wilson's book, which is called Soul Boom, which Rain Wilson's the played Dwight on The Office, and I really enjoyed it. It was, first, like, he writes in a really entertaining style, so that makes it nice, and it's kind of just his philosophy about, like, society and how like people like how spirituality has like like can be helpful but also what are the negative effects of it and kind of but yeah like also specifically talking about the positive effects also like just about different religions and i think the main takeaway was he did a lot of research into all sorts of different religions and it was interesting to read about like what is similar about a lot of religions as well especially like a lot of the philosophy or, or positive things about religion, a lot of it is is similar across different religions as well. So overall, I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it. So I liked it. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I like yeah. that one. Yeah, that's it. Sweet. Good episode this week. Yeah, definitely. Excited to try that Vision Pro. I can't wait. <laughs> you ready to record wait. a podcast with the Vision Pro? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> cool. All right. Cool. All right. See you later. See you later.